Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Uh, what's up? Sorry, just watching this new Thrasher Blondie video. Almost had to cancel the podcast. Is he the only skater who you check for in terms of footy? No, I love skate. I watch skate videos constantly, actually. I, I'm a big quarter snacks reader. You watch skate videos constantly? Not constantly, but I, I watch skate videos pretty often. I love skate skate videos. You, like, you'd I, be checking for them. I'd be checking for skate videos, yeah. Um, no shit. I think there's a handful of industries that have been really positively infected by Instagram more than others, and I think that skateboarding and tattooing are two of those. Positively affected. Yeah, I just think like yeah, skateboarding, yeah, particularly like it's benefited a lot from the from the gram. Yeah, exactly. And tattooing, I know for a fact, like guys make thousands of more dollars because people can you know see their work and make appointments directly with them, like in one step. You know, what about the graph game? I think that's really unfortunately the graph game is not the most profitable from what i understand unless you pivot into street art which is frowned upon um so <laughs> or tattooing bombing trains and getting fire footy is not really going to increase the bank account but it is going to make you cooler mm, so you're into these activities artistic expressions purely based on commerce and not for the love of the game Absolutely not, Jason. I just think that graffiti is uh, actually, I mean, you know I love graffiti. I it's think a fool's it's amazing, errand but, at the end of the day. But I do think that it's it's tough. I mean, as a lifestyle, I think it's very tough uh, to do it deep into adult life. I think it's not very forgiving. It's it's hard to put down, um, you know, on your paperwork, occupation, stealing Arcteryx windbreakers <laughs> as, uh, yeah. as your main source of income. Yes, that that is that is true. Where are you going to keep all those caps? You know what I'm saying. Uh, but watching Blondie is interesting to me because he's he's like so good at skating, but does all this other stuff that's you know kind of mediocre. Uh, but so he, what his, other what are his other things that you find to be mediocre? Clothing design collaborations. Yeah, yeah. What else? Basically, that uh, life partner I, choices. No, that's fine. I have no comment on that. Uh, I think that the um, mm, say no the, more. The choice of wearing high socks uh, really bothers me. Um, <laughs> what I just type really of sock, don't like? What it. type of sock is he wearing that that has been pulled I mean, all the way up? I would imagine it's it's either Adidas, one of his sponsors, Tames, his brand. Well, not not the brand, but like the style. Is it is it like a dress sock or is it just no, like a normal yeah. like white ribbed athletic sock? I think it's a little bit of both, to be okay. honest with you. He mixed I mean, it I, up. I think exactly. While skateboarding, it's more athletic to 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 accommodate you know uh, the sporting of it all. Uh, but I just find that look to be bad. Like I don't really get where that comes from or where he's. Like, we all steal our looks from somewhere. Like, who did he see doing that, thought it looked cool, and then started to emulate it? Uh, I mean, I guess the pulled-up sock thing, you know, just from my experience, is sort of like cholo gang yeah, culture. Yeah, true. Um, true, but then, he's, like, he's a British man who talks about beans and drinks tea, so right, I don't... Right, yeah. right, right, right. Well, you know, it, skate culture was really infected by, you know, that vibe, and then, like like suicidal True. tendencies type of venice oh skate, yeah that's, skate that's a good bro, point. and then you pull the shorts the dicky shorts down the socks get pulled up and then 
suddenly you look kind of like a badass guy. And then if you if you fight a guy who has socks pulled up all the way, you're going to lose. It's the uh, the black <laughs> the black Air Force One of skating. Defined, no question. Yeah, I just find, but I mean that that video of him getting hit by a car is so legendary. Like that's one of the craziest pieces of skate footage I've ever seen. But um, but when I see when I see I don't I don't know I I know hardly anything about Blondie except for the fact that he is like a Instagram influencer slash professional skateboarder. He was like a palace rider. Is yes, that right? he, he, no, he he was OG Palace Wayward Boys Club or whatever, and then right. he he. I don't know. And then know, he kind of just, became a darling of skating, and then he started fucking models and you know getting it, runway it, show invites. It's a classic tale, a classic like I'm so good at skateboarding, I could do this forever, but I'm teased by the drink and drug and sparkling nightlife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's sober, and mm-hmm. you know he's still good at skating, but he like you know doesn't seem to be that interested in it. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, well, you know, he's, he's getting older. It's, it's, it's harder. To yeah, he's, throw tw- your- he's 24. You're right. He's, he's only 24. Damn. never mind. No, he's, he's young as fuck. That's the thing. These guys get, I mean, I think it's, um, people get disenchanted. I, I don't know what it's like to be really good at something. So I, I can't say, but th- there's, <laughs> there's a, there's a pretty, a, a kind of time honored tale of people who are so good at something, not wanting to do that thing because maybe because mm-hmm. they're so advanced, they get bored with it early. Um, mm-hmm. but like if you're 25 years old and you're that good at skateboarding and it's paying all your bills, like what's the, what's the big deal? Maybe he, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he loves skateboarding. I could be totally wrong. He probably does. But whenever I see somebody like that, who is a little bit as much, if not more so known for the image and the, the lore behind him instead of like the, the skill and the talent, you know, like people, could become fans of somebody like that because they're really cool looking. They dress interestingly. They hang out with crazy people and fuck models. And all of that is really interesting about them. And you can be a fan of his without even caring or knowing about skateboarding. Leads me to believe, you know, if he's posting these iconic videos of him getting hit by a car, you know, maybe he staged that. Who knows? No, you, you got to watch the video. It's truly incredible. I've seen it's, it. It's, but it was. You see, but but you get. I'm, I'm saying that I don't. I don't think that he staged this car accident. But I'm. I'm saying he was probably like. I hope we got that on footage of me getting well, hit by a car because that's going to be great for my image as a badass skater, bro. Well, I mean, Jason, I think no that's, shots. No shots. That's cool, I think. Because the, the, also the reality of skateboarding is that career can only go so long because of what it does to your body. So you mm. need to be thinking about your, your exit strategy. And that's why a lot of these skateboarders are so rich is because they own the brands or started the brands or own a portion of the brand. Mm-hmm. And they, there's not that many industries where it's like owned and operated by the – you know what I mean? It's like a, it's like a chef uh, owner. Situation. You're talking about for us, by us mentality? I'm, I'm talking about a forest bias mentality. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, these guys are like that's how you get really rich. You, you know what I mean? It's like well, I mean, t-shirts bro, and skateboards. I'm, I'm from Huntington Beach, bro. You don't have to tell me the formula. You start the well, brand and then you wait for a freaking the guy who owns Hurley to buy you out. <laughs> and then you get a Why sick the- house in Costa Mesa and then you <laughs> hang out with like some dudes who work at Ruka. <laughs> that's that could have been you if you weren't so tall take the boat Fucking, out on the weekend 
That sounds pretty cool, except for the whole like doing it thing. I mean, the the <laughs> the, the amount of money required to to participate in those activities sounds cool to have. You know, I'm, oh, I'm absolutely. Interested in, I'm interested in getting to the bottom of this friendship I've noticed blossoming on Instagram between Wes from American Nightmare and Cold Cave and Tony Hawk. <laughs> They're bros. Okay, so... <laughs> okay, I never listened to American Nightmare. Uh, I heard a couple Cold Cave songs. They were kind of like goth, electronic, yeah. dancey kind of vibe. Yeah. And then American Nightmare was, I'm assuming, a bad hardcore band. I wouldn't say bad. I would say uh, mm-hmm. modern legend to some. Right, like as right. far as that that era goes, like that that. What city era, were they from? Boston, of course. Well, Come on, say no more. That's all you we know, have to say. The, the best, the best hardcore comes from Boston for some reason. The best but. hardcore comes from Boston, but it, it was being made back when they were uh, they they wore their racism on their sleeve instead of um, secretly yeah, hiding chill, their racism this like isn't, like this an isn't American ten, nightmare. This isn't ten yard fight, bro. This is a this is a Morrissey Joy Division loving one handed man. Okay, yeah. this is not and. So I'm just interested because I think the through line is Atiba. I think Atiba is somehow involved in their friendship. Um, mm, that makes sense. Just, I, we should get. I'm going to try to get Wes from Cold Cave on the show. I think it's. I think it would be cool to talk to a hardcore legend on how long gone. This, we, we this always got, seems to happen when I talk shit, and then you know, eight minutes <laughs> later, it's like, all right, we're ha- he's on the show. Like, Thank well, the I only mean, thing that has saved me is that these people don't listen to the show. Otherwise. Uh, you know, I do you th- can, I wonder, can he kick my ass? Is the question. I mean, I don't think it'd be very hard to kick your ass for most people, to be honest. Answer the and question. That's, not, that's yes, he could. Yeah, he could. Um, think about shit. How many really? Fights. God damn it, dude, dude! Think how many fights uh, a guy that's been in hardcore this long has been in. But you said you, they're like a Morrissey type of. No, no, no. That's that was the whole reason I think part of their popularity is because that's like what he referenced and what he loved. But they mm-hmm. still were heavy as hell. Right, 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 right. Okay. I was listening. I was listening to the house yesterday. I almost kicked some stuff over because I was moshing. I'll give it a listen. I don't think that's probably necessary. I mean, I could. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think. I mean, it's just weird because it's one of those bands that like they also reunite. Like they still play and put out music like relatively often, mm-hmm. and I think that's cool too. There's no like beef, and we just do this sometimes when we feel like it. Yeah, I agree because 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 money. Yeah, I mean, I don't think if, if you're a hardcore band, you never made any money to begin with, so you should be able to. Re- that's my rule on reuniting. You you you. If you never made a lot of money the first time and you people care that much, you should be able to reunite with no shame and make money the second time. I agree with that. You put in the work and now yeah, you deserve now it's time to collect on those dividends. No, 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 exactly, exactly. And then you and then you go and you play your reunion show, you get paid $500, you split that between six people. <laughs> and oh. uh, and then your wife and kids are in the car. <laughs> No, we can only get one hotel room at the Holiday Inn. Mm, uh, it's tough. Well, you know, we, we, we don't have time right now to get into this, but I would like to talk about you going to the Strife, the, the reunion show. We never talked about that. Talking about the California Takeover? The California Takeover Live 2. Dude, featuring I, every st- day I look into my closet and I see my Animal Liberation t-shirt hanging in there. <laughs> and I'm like, not, not today, but soon. I mean, 
if you didn't buy anything, was it even worth going? You know, what, that's my thoughts exactly. And if you're going to buy a T-shirt while Moby is watching you, it's going to be the one that says was Mo- was was disgraced tattoo king Moby there. Yeah, I talked to him. What you? I didn't. How did we never talk about this? What did you say? He didn't. He didn't talk back to me, but I did talk to him. <laughs> I mean, I was the only one there, like pretty wasted. What did you say? Did you just say little, little Pine sucks in between songs? <laughs> no, I was talking to some old dude, like old photographer guy I knew way back in the day, and he's like, "Oh, let's get a picture with them jeans and Moby together." And I was like, "Moby, what up? Hey, man." You know, sorry to hear about everything going on. You know, you I think not, I think Jason. the tats look good, and he was, and he just straight up just said nothing to me. Jason, was he there alone? Yes, he was. God, that little bald freak! I can't believe he would go all the way to Orange County alone to like. I mean, <laughs> it was in LA. Damn. It was downtown. Oh, okay, that's fair. But I mean, still. he probably took he probably took a car service there too, so I don't feel that bad for him. Definitely, no, he he's not walking back to the parking lot alone. Moby is so fucking rich, dude. It is like it's it's. I don't even want to know how rich he is. After reading those books, it sounded like he was really on another level than I. I thought think he he's was. rich as hell. Much like no, uh, much like Chris Brown, I'm I'm Team Breezy and Moby. Shut the fuck up, Team Breezy. Also, I can't even get into this. All right, we we have a fuck. <laughs> uh, today on the show, we're we're once again crossing the bloody pond. Uh, <laughs> To, to talk to another British guest. Um, today it is author and writer Joel Golby. You may be familiar with his book, uh, Brilliant, 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 which is a fucking great name for a book. You missed um, one brilliant. There's five, not four. Oh, there's five. Sorry, I can't read. Um, so he, he uh, the book was really big in the UK and then got released in America, which is always um, a good sign if you're a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, his kind of, you know, it's essays, it's takes on modern life. He's, he's a funny guy. And I think it was time for us to, you know, dip our toe back into the British pool again, get an update on what's going on over there. Mm, jolly good fun. Jolly good fun. Let me, uh, let me bang his line and we're going to talk about his line quite a lot. <laughs> bang his mobile. <laughs> All right. Bye. Oh, wait. Hey. Oh, Oh, Hello? There we go. Is that Hello, you, man. Joel? That's me. How's it going? It's going great. How are you? Um, pretty good. You just missed the um, the NHS clap for our heroes. I've you gotten a lot of it. every every time we podcast with a Brit, they always this, they always tell us, "Oh, we just finished clapping." Yeah, it's on the hour every hour at the moment. We've got it up to. Um, no, that's not true, is it? Really? When you say it like that, yeah, I we, believe you. You gotta wake up in the middle of the night and stuff. It's like Fiza, baby. You guys are doing so much more than we are here. You're making us look bad. Yeah, we are, but we're making ourselves look worse, which is um, <laughs> well. Which I, mean, I, I think at this point, it's like the whole goal of of the pandemic is to make Britain look as stupid as possible. Well, we've we've mm. gone a step further and had a completely. Um, uh, like insane murder happen of a unarmed black teen jogging. So no oh, yeah. one, no one looks worse than America. We always will win. Yeah. Okay. You take you take the cake on that one. I what's, just, your, what's your like when you're not murdering black teenagers for no reason? What's the the situation like nationwide? Are you are you all locked down and shit like that? It's. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I, actually... I can tell you, uh, you will be a good <laughs> podcast guest already, my friend. Uh, I'm actually in Canada, uh, and it's pretty mellow here. Uh, but Jason's in LA, which is home of the pandemic prepper, which I think it's a little more serious there. Okay. Yeah, people. Are you Canadian? No, no, no. My girlfriend lives here, so I'm just I've been here for two months. Oh, okay. How, okay. <laughs> we won't get into Canada versus America. It's not worth it. You what? know what I'm quite <laughs> interested in, actually? I, ca- I can't wait to, to hear this one back and um, hear our, like, how English I sound in, in the context of, of both of your voices. Mm-hmm. You sound very English. Are you trying to okay. sound more English on this podcast subconsciously or less? Oh, I'm talking to you through a decoder right now. This is nothing like my actual voice. <laughs> but one of it, one one weird quirk of like the English accent that I always notice is um, like when an isolated English accent pops up in an otherwise American film, it just suddenly sounds like the most put on sort of over posh like butler voice. No matter how how scummy the actor or actress. Uh, the voices coming out of actually is they sound like uh, mm-hmm. just they sound like a, a, a very well-to-do servant in the context of all the well, if, if, you, if the character doesn't have that extreme accent then we won't as americans be able to tell if they're they are british or not we need to really hammer yeah. it in it's true or, or even that they're speaking english right you got to you gotta have the mm. accent just to know. Yeah, yes, for for a, for a for a British film, when when an American bro up, appears on screen, what you know, I assume it's the same version. Yeah, yeah, they sort of what's up, guy, like that kind of. It's I uh, won't do it, obviously. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell! Well, I told I think, myself I wouldn't do an American accent on this one. Well, don't worry, we'll do the we'll do a British accent plenty because we do it no matter who the guest is. Um, yeah, I've noticed. But the, <laughs> how does that make the, uh, you feel, Joel? Um, I like it. I feel like it's a it's a handshake across the ocean for me. Uh, Good answer. You know, that's what it's meant. That's what it's meant to be because we. It's nothing but respect for my country, and I, uh, as you know, that England has given us more than than its fair share of great stuff. I mean, Jason and I both. Um, yeah, you guys fucking rock respect. over there. Yeah, you guys fucking rule, man. Uh, yeah, Ed Sheeran and stuff like that. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. But can, we need to before we get into Ed Sheeran, we need to unpack you having an Android phone because that is we we've, we've done this this podcast three times a week for two months. And you're the first person to have one, so you're gonna have Fuck to up. really. Dead, yeah, you're I think to I'm gonna be sick. Are it, you serious? I thought you had a pretty good book thing going, but I guess you're poor, and I didn't realize that. <laughs> Well, no. It's, it's a at this point, it's a lifestyle choice. It's, it's kind of uh, you know, it's a thumb in the face of, of the man to have the inferior smartphone. Like, fuck you. I don't. I don't want an iMessage. I don't want that usability across both my laptop and my phone. Fuck that. Um, no, it, it's, uh, it's. No, no. It's don't like, don't talk um, down on the Android. We want you to own it and sell us on it, please. Yeah, that's well, where we're going. I, Okay, well, I I was listen before six months ago. I was a, a normal person like both of you, and um, I had I'd had an iPhone for about ten years. It was great. I I was so like um, 
Sounds great. Resolute. Yeah, it was so good. Like the apps, stuff like that. And um, I was, I was just convinced. <laughs> I was convinced that I would never be able to even like use another keyboard, or if if they even moved where the the mm. button at the bottom was, I'd be like, well, mm. I'm too, I'm too dumb and too old to move around that. So I'll just have to get another iPhone. That's how I thought. And then I dropped my iPhone in a sink. Um, where it both sh- it shattered and flooded, it was like a double doozy. Um, That's how I order my and- uh, my pancakes from, from Waffle <laughs> yeah, House. Carry on, double do- double doozy, double doozy. Isn't that the In-N-Out out burger? Yeah, it could be. It could be a special off-menu item in many American <laughs> chain restaurants. Yeah, you see, that failed joke was my attempt to handshake across the ocean. Decent attempt. But, um, yeah, I had a go. Um, <laughs> anyway, yes, my my girlfriend like had a spare phone, and she was just like, "Take take this Android until you get a real iPhone. Just use this." And then it like it was fine. It only took me like, okay, only it took like three weeks to adjust. I'll be honest, but then that's, it's fine. Did she that's get pretty- Did she get that Android at like a some type of activation or influencer party? Yeah, she literally, like, Google just sent her uh, pixels. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Even even when she doesn't ask for them, Mm -hmm. they just keep turning up. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we sort of use them to, like, um, write tables and stuff like that at the moment. (laughs) Okay, so you do know what it's like to be an American, because we all get those free free as well. (laughs) you know, all my friends that have received a Google phone, we they only use it for content purposes because they claim the camera is superior to the iPhone camera. Um, yeah, the camera and the battery life are, are better. It's like a, it's like a perfect festival phone, but I, mm. I I'm, I'm 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 resigned to using it in my real life at this point. That's so, some good copy right yeah. there. That is good copy. When I when I finally hit Glasto, I know whose line I'm banging to get my fucking <laughs> Google phone so I can take pics of my wellies. Uh, I don't. Well, I have been looking for a good festival phone. Obviously, that went put on hold because of the whole COVID thing. But you know, things are opening up back again, and it's time to start sniffing around for a good one. Well, do like do you, you guys don't really have festivals in the same way? I suppose. Have you guys like? First of all, first of all, to European festivals. The fact that you're firing shots at Coachella, Jason's hometown festival, <laughs> legendary, <laughs> groundbreaking well, music festival. So when and, you say, and, sorry, yes. <laughs> we, so you said we you, we don't have festivals like like you guys have festivals. What do you mean by that exactly? Obviously, you know that we okay, have to, music to, festivals to, here. Be, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, before this becomes like an international incident, which I, I wasn't intended, what, no, what no, I no. mean is like, I, okay, so the key difference from what, what I can tell, I've never experienced Coachella, but the key difference is every single day, everyone turns up and they have had a shower, like every day, <laughs> fast, because yes. they've been staying at a hotel or in their house and they've come to the site on the day. Whereas here, the festivals it, it's it's not about the lineups it's not about the shows or the fireworks or the holograms <laughs> or whatever what it's about is is that there's a certain um feral 
uh, creature that comes out of every festival go when they go to one in England, where they mm. they sort of they they just sort of rub wet wipes on themselves every morning after sleeping in a sweaty tent, and they're like mm. still drunk from four days ago, and they're like caked in mud, and everyone's like turning their underwear inside out, and it's <laughs> vile, it's horrible, so, and you, you so come home like shell shot. Do, do even so, even like the posh celebs and hotties do the same thing? The hotties, good question. No, <laughs> look, I Sienna Miller, would, Sienna Miller would never do that. She would Fuck always... off. Sienna Miller would have a she. Okay, she would she would have the best of both. So she would have a special exactly. Sienna. She would have a Sienna Miller caravan backstage, non-negotiable at every festival, even if she's not scheduled to be there. The caravan <laughs> is. She will stay and sleep and 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 rack out tidy little lines within it. But she will also venture out of the VIP into the mud and the muck and the people. Crucially, the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, she'll she'll float through them and and sort of smell the vinegary smell and then go back to safety. The the one festival, like my most beloved one from childhood, childhood as a five year old boy, I went to visit, like when 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 I was a late teenager, is like Leeds Festival. Okay. And the 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 thing that they do in the campsites on the last night of Leeds Festival every time is like it, it just it's it's not like back and all but it's it's the same feverish energy but they put it into destruction they like trash tents they set them on fire they like throw Mm. cans of beer at each other like cannonballs it's it's like animals a lot of people leave like right after the last headliner to run to the car park and like put all their shit in a car and then just get in a queue out of the festival but doesn't really let them out of the car park till like four or five a.m. just to avoid all the people who are sort of setting off fireworks in their own tent. I like that. So, so yeah, oh, festivals are different sad. for you guys than it than it is. Yeah, for they're, us. they're a bit you, different. You guys are disgusting and drink Stella Artois in a can and like Biffy Clyro. That is the major difference. Oh. I think we. We, yeah. we, that's we our national psyche. We do Molly <laughs> and listen to Calvin Harris. It's it's just a, oh. it's it's small differences, really. Do you, it's small have you heard yeah. Calvin Harris's music? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm aware of uh, mm-hmm. famed famed Scott uh, Calvin yeah. Harris. It's yeah. jolly good stuff. Um, jolly good. <laughs> I forgot that he was. I forgot that he was. That he was Scott. You, you, you ridiculous little man. <laughs> oh, Joel, if you only knew, he's not little. This man is six foot ten. Joel, I was I, ridiculous, I, I, huge man. Joel, did I see that you're also a tall fellow? Yeah, I'm. I'm not that big. I'm not quite so large. How many? Do you know how tall you are in inches? I'm I'm six four. That's my given. oh okay. That's, so me, that's you, the height I quote. You and I are pretty similar in height, then Joel. That's is nothing to nothing to sneeze club? at. It is a tall yes, boy. Yeah. Joel, Joel, do you have tattoos? No. Okay, mm. good. Because that then we would hit every because because this is already a podcast hosted by two white men with tattoos. So uh, okay. Do you do you you both have tattoos? I I have more than Jason, um, but Jason has some well placed ink. <laughs> who's who's put who's pulling him off the best though? Oh, definitely I, me. Yeah, Jason. Uh, well, what is your definition of pulling it off? <laughs> Does that mean you you well, the, wear it well, or you you're, you're well, yeah you you're... okay? The the reason the reason I don't have tattoos is I'm I'm just fundamentally not a tattoo guy. I mm. just can't get away with it. 
I'm just not that. That's my demeanor. Nothing about my demeanor says tattoo. My demeanor says like I asked the teacher. I reminded the teacher that they said homework was due. (laughs) (laughs) What is the? But what did you grow up? What were you into? Were you into like cool stuff or were you a dork? (laughs) I was. uh, Surely every guest on this podcast has the exact same answer to that. Oh no, no, no. Mm, I was very yeah. cool. I was I was I was overweight and and maybe, you know, overconfident, but I was very cool. Uh he was a cool fatty. Least, exactly in my own mind. But what were you into music or were you like had your nose in the books? No, I I was like one of those I was one of those sort of adolescents who like um the, the internet hit at like the exact wrong and right time for me. So, like, it it hit developmentally, the internet getting big, uh, and my puberty, they went hand in hand. So I was like... Are you talking about jacking off? Not jacking off. It sounded a lot like jacking off. No, (laughs) I meant like... I I mean, there was some some of that was in there. I'm not going to shy away from that fact. Mm -hmm. But um, not in a weird way. But, like, uh, (laughs) just sort of like a, a Friday night spent just surfing the forums you know i mean i think i think we all did i mean we're all the same age or similar age i bet i mean i'm 37 jason's 45 how old are you it's not true uh yeah i'm 32 yeah so you're a little younger than us but i mean i jason i probably both remember like getting the internet for the first like having dial up and shit for the first time well i don't understand how you could how how can you simultaneously be like a, a, a a teenage forum nerd but also, as you said, a bigger, bouncy, cool guy. It, it all, uh, to me, it all depends on what forums you are in. Exactly. Are you exactly. in a Magic is... the Gathering forum? Then, Could then you're me. probably not very cool. Are you in a forum about like really cool music or something? Or you know, I don't know. There, there's there's forums about good and bad. What kind of forums were you in? Sure. Uh, my my first forum. It's like a confession. First forum was like a, an Age of Empires two forum. By uh, only yeah, but Chris, Chris doesn't even know like, what that is. That's how deep we are. I don't. I don't know what that is, but I really hope uh, it's not a video game or a Star Wars movie. Uh, no, it's it's a it's a game. It's like a PC game. Are, are worse than video. Okay, continue. So you've been an Android yeah. guy for a while now. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Well, the thing the thing is, like, I I think I think quite often about all the um, all the moments where my life could have could have really been way worse, and like gone off in a way worse tangent, and like Age of Empires forum version of me mm-hmm. could have sort of persisted into adulthood, and he he would have been a really unbearable person to be around. <laughs> and I, I feel like I like through my life, there's been a lot of cultural bullets dodged in that way Mm -hmm. you yeah you would not have a girlfriend right now if you stuck down that path i'm assuming no i would have bought i would have bought my own android after like (laughs) actively participating in android forums (laughs) and like Mm -hmm. slagging off iphone because of the inferior processor (laughs) like power which which is a thing i would know about yes and i would like tell people at work at my job in it about how they should all switch to android because it's the future like that's the person i'd be and out there you know if you subscribe to infinite universe mm-hmm. theory 
there's so many more, like, way more annoying versions of me bouncing around out there. Yeah, they haven't seen anything uh, yet. No. I, I would say, but you grew up in Leeds? No, I grew up in, um, how, how, is, how up on your English geography are you? Oh, well, try me, buddy. I'm very bad at okay, it. Okay, mate. No, I'm not great okay. either. Okay, well, um, I grew up uh, fairly near to Sheffield, which is obviously a key music city in, in the pretty much exact centre of England on the map. Did, when did you move to London? Like early, early? Uh, no, uh, after university, so like 21. Oh, wow, you waited a little bit. So you, you stayed out there until you could, could no longer deal. Yeah, yeah. Like you have to, you got to get all your school out of the way before you you move. Before um, you go, you go to London and just start doing so much coke and listening to libertines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless you're like pre preternaturally cool. I said that word wrong, but you get the gist. Which I, I very clearly wasn't. I kind of, I kind of had to go to university to um, become a. a less annoying i've almost said unannoying but i could already see the emails coming in a less annoying person so like i i went to and i i went to university i was like this really sort of chubby schlubby sort of uh the cheapest glasses in the Specsavers store kind of no haircut uh virgin boy and then like i left um and like I, i was I was still partly like that, but less so. And then I could go to London and be like, oh, what's that, mate? Camden, you know? I'm not a virgin <laughs> yeah, anymore. Uh, no, I, uh, I'm no longer a virgin. <laughs> That's good to know. What did you yeah. do before? What Did you work it? Where did you work before you started writing? Or did you just bullshit your way into it? No, it took me ages to bullshit my way in. I was actually, you know what? I was actually uh, writing an essay about that today. Um, because I was um, thinking about my first ever job in London, where I worked. Um, <laughs> I worked at a drama department of a university, like working admin, um, sort of printing out letters and stuff for the students. Um, and I was there for like two and a half years, and I, I hated it because, like, I hated. Um, I kind of hated actors before I started working there. And then having to be around sort of budding actors are always budding before they make it. So like did anybody, but did anybody go on to be famous? Um, yeah. Um, I printed out a council tax letter for Amelia Clark. Wow. (laughs) That's a very British sentence you just said right now. That that is pretty big deal. Yeah. What is she on? Uh, Game of Thrones? Yeah, she was the baddie out of Game of Thrones. I've never watched that show because it just doesn't it doesn't appeal to me. Did you just say bit, she was a, she's... a baddie on Game of Thrones? Yeah, there's either goodies or baddies. She was a baddie. Okay, no, so we, a, we bad, need... a baddie <laughs> to you means a uh, a villainous character. What does baddie mean to you? In, in America, baddie a means baddie, baddie means you are a attractive person. Hot. You're a hot chick. Is usually uh, what that means. So, uh, so, so you've heard like I mean, Mike, I guess it. Michael Jackson, bad. You know, he re- he used that word as a positive affirmation. Same, same you guys vibe. Are still going on about that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Language has just been static there for like thirty-five years. This is what you're telling me. <laughs> well, we've well, I mean, evolved. 
I don't know how okay. much how much you know American stuff you pay attention to. So yeah, some of who are your top five favorite rappers? <laughs> I'm not gonna. I don't know. I'm not gonna get. I'm not, you, this is a trick question. I'm not answering it. I'm not playing your game. James Blake, uh, James Blake, and James Blake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he does have a rap album out over here. Actually, he's he has become. I I. He's so uncool now with that girlfriend and defending her. It's like really, he ruined his career, I think, a little bit. Oh, did he just confuse the Jameses? I think. No. Did you say no. Blake, Blake or Bay? James Blake. First of all, no one, no one in America knows who James Bay is except me, and and that's because I like have friends that work in the music business. He's a he's an industry plant. Well, who's who's James? I'm, which James are you talking about? We're talking James about James Blake, Blake the uh, the crooning uh, R and B yeah. singer. He's dating. Okay. He's dating this girl Jamila Jamil, who has been canceled. That's not James Blake. That's James Bay. No, it's not. It's James oh, Blake, one hundred percent. Wow, wow. Oh. I'm gonna have to teach. I have to teach you about your own people, Joel. Wait, who's who's the Blake? I'm, okay. I'm, There's also a tennis player the, named James who, Blake. Who's, no, but who who sang "You're Beautiful"? That is not James Blake. That is um, James Blunt. James, James Blunt. Blunt. You're still wrong. I'm right. You're wrong. But I okay. appreci- I appreciate. Can we that. can we cut the whole bit where I didn't know James Blake Bay and? Uh, no, Bay that's and that's Blunt. staying in because no. it's pretty good stuff. Yeah, you can, have your gear, pu- yeah. you can have your publicist call us if there's really an issue, but we're going to probably keep that out. <laughs> okay, tell me, tell me what he's done, whichever, whoever he is. Well, he, he, he's dating this actress who has been found to like lie about having all these crazy medical conditions. <laughs> and like it's this whole thing. And, like, there's a, yeah, there's a name got, for that disorder. I forgot what it was, though. She oh, got, but Chowser's by proxy, right? That's right. Oh, I think you might. Yes, you are right. She's a muncher. Yeah. yeah. She's a muncher. Okay. She munches. A chow chow. Thank God I came back with that one. After, yeah, you after came back. The, the oh, she's redeemed one. herself and then some. Okay, so it's, it's James Blake and Jamila Jamil, and um, she's she's kind of she she sings with a particular note of of unbearableness. Well, what what happened? We... What happened? I think originally was she was going to she was going to be a judge on a uh, drag. Or not drag, uh, ballroom dancing, like like the the uh, historically you know gay trans uh, nightlife thing, and okay. she tried. Then she came. Then she was getting killed. Cause like, why the fuck did you get this regular ass girl to judge something that she has no idea about? And then she was like, I'm bi, actually, <laughs> and and that didn't go over very well. And then yeah. people d- dug deeper, and she had s- said crazy shit about being stung by like a thousand bees. Like it really went like all the way down to like these insane stories. I, I used to be it, a real James Blake fan, and now I don't know because of all of this. It like I don't even want to like listen to his new. Like if he puts out a new song, I'm just like oh, I don't really need to listen it, to it. Okay, okay, but if he put out a new song that like leaned into it. Like if he if he did a song that was explicitly like a love song for the girl and her thousand bees, <laughs> would that win you back? It already sounds like a James Blake song title, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think it might bring me back only because it would make me think he had a sense of humor, which I clearly don't think he does. Uh, because he 
like staunchly defended her in public, which is just stupid. Like, why say anything? No one needs to hear from you, bro. Yeah, why, why defend your girlfriend? Well, uh, at, le- <laughs> it leads well, me to hey, be- it makes you wonder what what is so great. I mean, there has to be some really amazing things about her that have made Jason, this person. Jason, look, we 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 know what you're trying to say. You can stop trying to be PC about it, but we know what you mean. Uh, I'm not just talking about the pussy, Chris. I'm talking Jame- about <laughs> you're saying Jamila hitting it right. It could be head game crazy. It could be some other things. <laughs> But it could also just be like, what if she's like an amazing, funny, interesting person to hang out with? What if she's just really supportive and quite kind? Or it could be something, something sexual as well. I think. Well, like, how how hard how hard would the internet like have to cancel your girlfriend for you to for you to dump them? Well, if you're famous, that's a good point. Playing by different rules. You're playing by different rules, though. Like, he's got a career to think about in the public eye. And, like, he, when he's one of those guys that the music is so sensitive and dark and popular that, like, he needs to have very little contact with the outside public, in my opinion. Headlines are headline, though, isn't it? Like, I think such, it's, no such thing as bad publicity. Like, James pro- Blake's girlfriend has a thousand diseases. That's a headline. <laughs> I'm clicking on that. <laughs> I mean, we all we all clicked on it. I just don't know if it necessarily benefited or him. I, I in fact think it negatively impacted him. Uh, do you think like <laughs> at, at what point do you stop thinking about the career and start thinking about like the human being who lives in your house? Like where does the line blur? Well, if you're a real celebrity, you don't think about anybody but yourself, and that's why you are where you are. So So you're mad at him for his empathy. I'm disgusted by it, to be honest with you. Like, this man, <laughs> it's a bit gross. <laughs> it's a bit gross. It's a bit gross. Also, you know, any any good publicist would tell him to distance himself from Jamila, not not de- not defend, especially when she's like, it's pretty wrong. She's pretty wrong. It's it's pretty. I, d- I, d- I disagree with you because I I J- Jamila Jamil obviously uh, her her career has been um, more of a thing over here before she she was in the Good Place. She was like she's, a, she's British, right? Yeah, so she was she was like um, uh, a sort of she was a, a TV presenter on T four, which is a kind of yep. you know sort of MTV level kind of whooping in a studio asking awkward questions to celebrities thing that they don't really do anymore. So she kind of did that and then like went away for about five years and then kind of she was probably in the hospital from all those bees. Well, yeah, she was getting hit by cars and fucking chased by wasps. That's, that's a tough half decade and then she like she popped up in the good place and it was like oh okay and also a very good example of uh british accent in the context of american accents sounding more british than it is mm-hmm. um and then yeah so she kind of went from like not being wildly famous anymore over here to being like million follower shit kind of doing loads of like uh body posy movement stuff to her one million mm-hmm. uh twitter and two million instagram followers so by that metric her, her she's she is on the rise mm-hmm. and if you get if you get cancelled by if you get cancelled on twitter at the worst it's basically like thirty thousand people all of who think like libraries are really important and sleep weird hours like those those kind of 
the four the four a.m. hours sort of cancellation Tumblr aggregate people. Mm-hmm. They're mad at you for a bit because okay, you lied about getting attacked by wasps. Whatever, <laughs> normal people don't care. They don't give a shit. There's a million of those cunts queuing up to follow her on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So she's still going. She's still going big up. She's she knows exactly what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Bring on I the wasps. Merely but a speed feels- bump on the road. Yeah. I- See, I I don't disagree with you for her, but for him, he's playing. He looks like a dork who's a puppy dog for his famous girlfriend, and that's bad. That is, yeah. Bad. I, I think that I think it would book. help his career if he was like a budding pop star, or if he was, you know. If, but if but if he's this musician who makes this really emotional, kind of dark, depressing, like lullaby music, and then you know, it doesn't. F- her personality and her problems and her celebrity doesn't really fit in with that. He needs, I want him to be elusive. I want him to be living near a pond and he just walks around alone in a trench coat and that's about it. Yeah. I I guess it's not cool to know that he is like in a mansion right now being, having, having Mm -hmm. a a concept explained to him and like, uh, she's found a tweet that she's made really big on the iPad from some like 27 follower. (laughs) Nobody. (laughs) It just said like what what bitch and she's like holding it up to him like what what do you actually think about that and he's like <laughs> having to have those conversations earnestly that's that what is, i'm saying that is lame. because he's but already has, he looks like he, a dork like he looks like, dorky so that doesn't help hmm. him either has he released music since since she became like uh, uh publicly diseased no, I think he's, he's, he's released been, a couple singles, but it's not it's not anything. Man, com, not any, it's man, not hitting man. the way his earlier work was hitting for sure. It hit, hit, hits different. Uh, it hits different. It ain't, it ain't Pitchfork eight point eight mm-hmm. best new music. I'm telling you that. Mm-hmm. He's also been doing a lot. Of, he's been doing a lot of covers on Instagram Live, of course, which is uh, seems like a cry for help. Yeah, yeah I, I'm afraid that he's going to turn into a Chris Martin type of person with a couple false moves. He could get there quickly. The only mm. thing cool, Chris Martin put out one great album and a handful of good songs, and now he's just a legendary stick man, and that's what he does now. <laughs> Do you know what a stick man is, Joel? No. Care to Go wager ahead, a guess? <laughs> um, it's a person who fucks a lot. <laughs> and enjoy and fancies himself a good fucker. Yeah, he he gets it done. He gets exactly. it done. Exactly. And I think Chris Martin having children with Gwyneth Paltrow who's I mean just something else and and now <laughs> Top I mean, of the pops, can you imagine she is. Can you imagine can you imagine what he's done behind the scenes that we don't know about? Oh my god. The undocumented labor he's put in with said stick The things that sticks forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to LA before, Joel? Uh, yeah, I I was um, there uh, this time last year, and um, th- there's a function on my Android phone that uh, reminds me exactly what I was doing one year ago, and it, it shows me a nice photo of it. Oh, that's uh, good. So it's been it's actually in, been quite a torturous uh, week for me. Yeah, in America. Um, that when with the iPhone, it'll all, it'll also share that old memory, but it's only pictures of your ex girlfriend. Is is the way it works? <laughs> the way it works over it's here. All, it, it's insane, actually. It feels like a troll. How good they yeah. are. 
What were you, what were you doing in LA? Were you just soaking up the sites, trying to relive the OC? It was, um, I, I managed to blag a trip there, like literally about one week after I went freelance. Um, and it was like, it was like a press trip for Borderlands three, I think the video game. <laughs> what? Um, okay. 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 Hey, they they flew me over, so I I do actually have to say in as many places as possible, it's a great shoot 'em up game, and and you should endeavour to download or purchase a disc. Um, but yeah, like I I just I just went there for like some some big blowout stupid games event, and then extended my stay, and I was there for ten days, and just like um, I tried to eat as many tacos as possible and then i did all the touristy shit i went to the museum of death and mm-hmm. stuff like that. so, so it was like a, it was like the e3 convention type of thing going on like a, it, it was something like that it was, it was like a it was like a soft launch just for this game and they kind of got like some there's this there's this oh my god i can't remember his name there's this like famously weird developer um oh shit no i can't say that they flew me out there's a famously weird developer guy who like he's famed for doing like magic tricks in the middle of his um <laughs> like presentations so this it's is like if, cool if thing steve jobs was suddenly like pick a card um <laughs> or like just sort of clicks clicks like uh clicks his thumb and a bit of smoke comes out or something like that okay. it was it was a very strange day mm-hmm. um, yeah what did anyway, you is nice i think that yeah i think british people love i think i i found historically that british people think america is california would you agree with that yeah, broadly, I I think America is 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 three things. So it's it's New York up in the little nub. God bless. Um, with with the little with the little cap of New Jersey with, where the Sopranos happened, mm. and then there's LA on the other coast, which is which is just uh, Venice Beach, but it just extends along the whole coast. Um, of that side of America, and mm-hmm. then in between those two points, you've just got like old Wild West, just uh, mm-hmm. just sand, the bush, and like you, yeah, you can't you can't get petrol. It's really racist. <laughs> There's loads of tumbleweed. People still like have gunfights and stuff like that. You're, and then that's you're it. not that's wrong. America. So you haven't done you haven't done like a iconic American road trip. You've just been to New York and LA. Yeah, no, I've, I kind of hit the big ones, and then but I can't drive, so I need to like make make friends with someone who can drive. Oh, so you're or just, learn. You're, you're a tube man then. <laughs> yeah, there's no need. To, there's there's literally no need to learn how to drive in London. So. I disagree. If you're if you live you know in the right neighborhood, you got to have the Range Rover out front. You know what I mean? True, but I I don't. <laughs> I'm East London, so you just you, you're legally bound to ride the bike everywhere. You know, I used to like East London, and I always would stay there. And now I think I'm switching my allegiances. Yeah, mm. West is like it's nicer, it's bougier. The more you age, the more you appreciate nice things. When I when I turned thirty, I, I made one resolution, and it was um, that I was going to stop sleeping on sofas. Like that was my hard rule. Couches, How, sorry. How's um, it gone? How's it gone for you so far? It's great. I haven't slept on a single sofa, and my back thanks me. But also, like, once you tell yourself that 
it sort of becomes a moral code that you you live by. You start to raise your standards in every other part of your life. You know, you stop eating instant noodles quite so often and things like that because you're not a safe sleeper kind of schlubby twenties guy. You're, you're so a person you when you sleep on a sofa, is that out of laziness or is that because you don't have a bed? No, like. Uh, well, actually, the, the first the first place I lived in London, like the mattress collapsed through the frame pretty soon after I moved there, and I just never <laughs> fixed it. So my mattress was just it was on the floor, but there was a frame around it, kind of like a, an artifact to what was once there. Mm-hmm, I, see. I I slept on the floor within it. Actually, getting out of it was really hard. You had to recontort <laughs> yourself out, and then and then but, but like. For me, sleeping on a sofa is like an admission that you you've made a, a bad decision somewhere along the night. But also, it's like it's like a poor thing because like mm-hmm. if I was at a friend's house and it was too far from my house, it would be easier to sleep on their sofa than either catch three complicated night buses home just to get home. And I know I'd fall asleep on them because I always did, and then I'd wake up in the wrong place. Blah blah blah. Because mm-hmm. like I could just afford a cab back to a real bed. So I'd be like, okay, I'll sleep here. I'll be out your way. I'll 7 a.m. I'm out of here. When the buses start properly, I'll get on the tube. I'll fuck off. But like when you're sleeping on a sofa, you're kind of saying, uh, daddy spent his last fiver on a pint. Can I stay with you? And that's, that's embarrassing. <laughs> okay. I understand. We've all, I've, I've been I, in that situation many a time. But I, have you have you been in that situation recently? I have not. Thank, exactly. Thank the Lord. You've moved on. Yeah, thank we've God. we've grown up. But I but I we've all grown. But I will now in in current times, we'll fall asleep on my own couch, watching uh, yeah, know, a bit of telly. Yeah, that's a bit, a bit of telly. But that's way classier <laughs> because I I feel like you. And I'm taking this just from the sound of your voice, but mm. I feel like you have a, a pretty classy like couch and entertainment setup in your front room. Am I, am I, I've got am a flat close? screen TV. Yeah, I got it all. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, flat screen, the flat screen's a little small, Jason. To be honest, it is a little small. And then thank you for uh, uh, sh- shaming me. Well, no, I just think they're pretty affordable. I think somebody of your stature should have a TV to match your size. You know. <laughs> A real tall guy's TV. I got it. Exactly. Yeah, stretch TV. Yeah, exactly. You should stretch your arms out as far as possible. <laughs> put them on the diagonal, and that's how big your TV should be. That's a that, rule. That's a good idea. I'm in trouble. That's a really good idea. Yeah, you're in big trouble. They might not make that for you. You might have to get you, you have to get a, the dreaded projector, Jason. Oh no 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 no! I've worked too the, hard the proje- and come too far in life to get a projector. The the projector is the most embarrassing thing you could have in your house. Yeah, absolutely agree. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I see you you writing a lot about uh, landlords and stuff. And yeah. um, I just, I don't have that same sort of passion because I just chalk it up to like it being part of life. Am I wrong? Maybe. Like, obviously, a, a decent part of it is, is just cost of living. And uh, at some point, you do have to admit that the systems are in place that mean that rent is a reality for me and pretty much everyone I know, and you can't quite escape that. Mm-hmm. But like, 
the column I write for, for Vice about it sort of definitely focuses on the worst ends of the market, like the, the worst properties on offer for the, for the highest price. And I think in, in that, there is, uh, there is an unfairness that takes it away from just the, the pure exchange of money for a roof over your head for a month and sort of veers into the, uh, a kind of normalized exploitation of the system that kind of is, is uh, primed against people on lower incomes. It sucks. Because London is particularly, I mean, I live in New York, so it's pretty bad. I would imagine London's as bad or even worse. I feel like, uh, from what I can roughly tell, um, New York is worse in terms of prices, definitely. Like, it, it simply costs more to live in New York. But also, I think, if, if we sat down and did the math, if you want to call it that, if you insist. I love, I love math. Math. I think, um, you, I think you're supposed out, to add an S to, to math over there, aren't you? Can I? Can I do it? Please. It genuinely felt uncomfortable saying it like that. Mm-hmm. If we sat and did the maths um, yes. and, and worked out like the, the average uh, income you know, in both cities and the average expenditure. Well, you guys don't and, make any money. They don't pay you guys yeah, shit. No, we're, we're all the, – the, the whole – it's like a gear down in terms of salary. You get paid in biscuits then, over there. Exactly. Yeah. Another well, we don't spend it on biscuits anyway, so that just actually—that's a tax break. <laughs> <laughs> but I just don't. I remember the first. I remember the first times I went to London. I'm like, why do these adult men have roommates? Like, what the fuck is going on? And then I came to realize it's because that no one makes any money. Yeah, yeah, and like it's been getting steadily worse for about the past two decades. It's it's a bit of both. It's people don't quite make money on the on the level that they should, but also. The market has been allowed to to fester in its own special, unregulated way. So, you know, landlords are literally just allowed to name their price. Obviously, like I'm not saying, you know, Berlin is always held up as the example of of a city that's doing it right. But like, as soon as one landlord raises their price, every other landlord on the street realizes that that's the market rate and raises it appropriately, and so everything kind of gets out of control because there's no it's not like tracking in terms of inflation or the bank of england or what people's salaries are doing like it's Mm -hmm. tracking purely in terms of what other landlords have managed to convince one well-meaning couple to spend on a a one-bedroom flat and then the whole thing just snowballs Mm -hmm. it's depressing so what's the solution uh i mean I mean, there's two. Um, w- one of them is just like a, a massacre, like a violent uprising, which we're never really going to do. Like, even when we had our good riot sort of 10 years ago, n- like no, no figures of authority were sort of dragged by their hair into the, into the streets. So we you're talking about killing, killing those who, who own, killing, own property and, and, and rent it out to people? Yeah. Um, okay. And then I suppose I suppose <laughs> I suppose a, a second option would be like government interference. And it, mm-hmm. I, the thing is, I don't think it would take too much. But it's not in the best interest of the government to piss off the people with money, especially as we have a conservative government at the moment. But like, all it would take is 
giving uh, powers to local councils to be able to set certain rates based on uh, like features in a house, you know, like mm-hmm. if, if there was a base rate where you were able to say for a one bedroom with a separate kitchen and a separate bathroom, mm-hmm. you know, a guide rate for that is this. But also, again, it's it's like it's it's it used to be tacked to the housing market, which itself became a quite insane bubble. Obviously, mm-hmm. you lot know about that. But um, with with housing prices going up in London as well, um, the, you know, the, obviously, owning a property isn't cheap to do, and you're allowed to charge rent on it. But those, those two became they became separately wildly inflated figures like the rent went off on its own path and mm. the the price of houses because the price of houses dips but that is never ever reflected in people's rent like no mm. one i know has ever had their landlord go hey weird one the house <laughs> is worth 15k less than last year so we're charging you less money they'll that's go not how it works. that's a global house. that's a global thing that doesn't happen here either yeah, I know, but I, I mean, what's the solution? I don't know. But like, but I feel like there's there's a possibility in reform in terms of like how literally like contract reform where a landlord cannot, if you renew on the same property, a landlord isn't allowed to charge you more unless they've made a renovation. Mm-hmm. Like that change yeah. would save, that simple change would save a lot of people a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But, but as as it stands now, most of the people I know um, sort of move move every year because no one's ever really staying in a nice place, and no one's ever really paying a rate they're comfortable with. So because it's not nice, they'll be like, okay, well, we'll try our luck and try and move to another place and hope that that's nice and hope that the landlord isn't a dickhead there. So everyone kind of moves once a year. London also, sounds like, awesome. If you think about it. <laughs> you know, we got we got burger joints and stuff. So. <laughs> I, well, in in New York, there's a there's a rule about they can't raise the rent a certain amount. You know, every year, like even if you, there, there's like a legal amount they can raise it, but it's but it's pretty small. Um, yeah. But again, I, I mean, it's all fucked. But uh, you know, maybe this COVID uprising will change things. Well, I'm hoping so. Like, there's definitely um, like. The way that Airbnb collapsed, uh, well, you know, the company didn't, but the the yeah. idea of it did, which was great, which was really funny. But like, uh, <laughs> obviously, Air, Air, Airbnb sort of super hosts or whatever those those kind yeah. of people who have twenty two mortgages and stuff they're like fucked. that. Well, they're fucked, but also suddenly it means that there's uh, a real injection of like stock into the rental market for everyday people which hopefully you know if you go by the old supply and demand metrics means that those prices will come down a little and i mean everything kind of has to anyway yeah but then i think that will i think that'll happen i mean i think something will come down i mean i've heard that in new york already the rental prices are down pretty considerably that's good yeah i mean i'm not gonna move but i thought about it well, I mean, what I've thought about is th- this whole thing like has <laughs> has really made me <laughs> hate the British so much more than I did before, because the way the way we've all behaved and the like, have you 
you guys know about the NHS clap, right? But we have the, have we have the same. I mean, we have the same thing going on. But do you do you have like your version of Captain Tom Moore? Do you have that? I'm not familiar with mm. Captain Moore. If you could t- if you could tell us more, that'd be great. So we also don't have Captain- healthcare here. Yeah. Oh, so this, yeah. Yeah. But, but no, we, I- we won't for long. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Give it three more months. See you there. Okay. Um, so Captain Tom Moore is like this uh, this army veteran. He's he was 99 years old and he started doing laps oh, um, oh, I've, I've of his garden I've with his walking frame. And then like he, he sort of made it a sponsored thing to, to raise money for the NHS. And in the end, he raised like... I first knew about him when he'd raised 12 million pounds for the NHS, which is great. And good on him. Just for walking around, fair mm-hmm. fucking play. And I think he was doing like 100 laps or something because he's, he's not the quickest bloke. And then <laughs> by the time by the time it was like the hundredth lap, he had a, a load of army like guys sort of saluting him as he walked down his own garden, and he'd raised thirty million for the NHS. And like the prime minister and the health secretary were like thanking him for raising this money, and they were like inviting him to come and open a hospital and stuff like that, which is all great on the surface and good on him. But the, the two, uh, there's so many weird layers to it. One is like the NHS is like a charity. <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah. Like yeah. The, the way we pay it is not walking, getting old men to walk around their garden. We pay it by paying tax, and that's that's fine. That's a fine system. And if the tax is distributed properly, it should work. Like the NHS shouldn't need that man to walk around his garden <laughs> and make thirty million pounds in public donations. <laughs> And, and also, our prime minister should like should not be thanking him for essentially showing him up. Like, yeah, that's crazy. You. Yeah, well, you did a hey, better job than we did. Yeah, hey, old man, thanks for filling the hole in the NHS budget that I fucking left. Why do you have to do that? And then um, his hundredth birthday happened like two weeks after he finished it, so it became this this kind of national delirium to like celebrate this this guy who nobody had heard of two weeks ago he was just an old retired captain so they did like an RAF flyover over his house to celebrate his birthday and there's like this heartbreaking news footage of him just in his garden with his daughter adult daughter just like one hand on his shoulder one hand pointing to the sky like yeah I see it I see the planes man come on I just walked around the garden here and then they like I I got post and it had been franked like Royal Mail had stamped it happy birthday Captain Tom like on every letter and people like kids built weird mannequins of him in their garden and like someone someone made a cake in the shape of his head but (laughs) They weren't. They didn't know him, and they they didn't deliver the cake to him. They just made this sort of cake, this fondant mm. bust, and kind of went, "Hey, thanks, thanks for walking around your garden." Yes, and and so and also they they promoted him like he's colonel now. Like he can't, <laughs> he would be useless in active service right now. He he could he could barely take like one bullet. For his country, <laughs> and so he it, can't it, even go to really the loo weird. without a friend. 
No, exactly, and it takes them forever to get there. And the thing <laughs> is, like, we it, it turned it we we took this really nice thing, this really earnest, like, sweet, sincere, good-hearted thing, and we like blasted it with like as much patriotism as we could possibly manage, and this sort of twee heroism which Britain really excels in, and we we ruined the guy. Every time I see him on the news now, and I can't help myself, my brain does it for me. It just goes, oh, this prick again. Do you think? Like, <laughs> I think it may only. Where are you going to walk next? It's only. It might only be ruined in your mind, and not and not the the minds of of your whole nation. But people, no, you know, people but, are bored, <laughs> and they need someone. You know, they need that shit. I think it's probably just because he's old, and it's like a newswor- newsworthy story. But you would think he, you know, at least David David Sedaris is picking up trash when he's doing it. This guy's just walking and doing nothing, right? He's just walking. He's walking, man. I mean, that's walking. also that 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 whole story is is depressing to me. And I, you know what? Fuck you for telling it. Well, I, hopefully, I, you, know, he, uh, you know, hopefully his, hey, you know, imagine, his, his imagine living it. Like imagine living it right now. He he's been on the front page of every newspaper for like two weeks while there's been a pandemic going on. Like, are you? Old, are you? Are you working right now, by the way? Are you like, are you just working from home? Are you freelance now? Yeah, well, I've been freelance for a while, so like I, I've been kind of used to sitting in my house typing as my day to day. And thankfully, I, I uh, like things have remained pretty steady, so I haven't. Uh, like, there's some government scheme for people who've lost income who are self-employed and stuff like that, but I don't think knock on wood that I need to apply for it yet. So I think I'm still good. Unless my entire career gets cancelled for that Captain Tom rant, in which case, cap in hands next to the government. <laughs> uh, did we? We didn't really talk about the book, but I would like to talk about it a little bit. Oh yeah, sure. Just like I, I guess for me, uh, I I didn't realize um, how long it had been out in, in the UK before it came to America, and I, I just would love to hear about that process and how kind of like. Do you, did you have to reach a certain actual sales figure in the UK or was it just like the shit's popping, let's take it to America, they'll get it, it's not too British? Um, no, we, um, I, I had a good agent, so we, we, kind, of, we kind of sold um, the deal at the same time. So you did, okay. There, there, there was something in place for America to go like, hey, we, we'll, we'll release this book no matter how hard it bombs in the UK, we will release this book. <laughs> and I, I had a really great editor, um, and the whole process was fine, but they did kind of butt up against the, the central Britishness of, of my writing sort of a few times. Like I mean, the, my my favorite process, sorry, I completely talked over you. No, no, it is it is very British in, in, in parts, for sure. Yeah, uh, well, I, ha- I had to fight for that a little like um there was an amazing um sort of section after it had been subbed where i kind of had this three-page document where i had to just translate all the terms that the sub-editor had had underlined because she just like purely did not understand them um and some of them were so basic like tesco like Mm, shit like that mate how how could you not know about the tesco (laughs) well Exactly. That's exactly what I said. Because if you say Walmart to me, I'm not like, "What the fuck is that? What, <laughs> what, what could that? 
what could that possibly mean? I'm sure there's some context clues. Exactly. Like, yeah, I went shopping at Tesco is pretty clear what that like kind of is alluding mm. to. Yeah. And stuff like that. So it, it was quite interesting to figure out like, just like words and phrases that I, I had never considered just didn't translate over. Even, even stuff like a road, which is like a, a semi major road somewhere between like a, a motorway and a, just a, a normal road, like an that A-road. one. That one, to be fair, we we would not know that one. That one. Okay, but hit. but if you if you saw the word road in there, you'd make a fairly <laughs> informed guess, right? Yeah, fair, yes. yeah, yeah. I do know the word road. I do know the word road. Thank you. For, well, I, for I think back, that. you know, back in the day, we would that that is a a reason why we would read books. We would hear these words that we didn't know, and we would figure them out, or we would look them up and and learn about them, and then feel better about ourselves for doing that. I guess it's it's weird because like so so much of our culture is like it is like all of our TV is basically American. Like we get all of our sitcoms from you and all of our films and stuff like that. You're so, welcome. Have you seen The Office? Thank you. UK. <laughs> it started in it started in London actually. <laughs> it's a bit better. No biggie. But like I, I, I feel like I know uh, the sort of beats and the quirks and the, the, the things that you call trousers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I go to America and I'll interact with an American and I'll be aware of this sort of weird weird void that sort of TV didn't fill in. So like one, one of my favorite is um, when people ask you a question and, and like say you offered me a biscuit offer me a biscuit, a cookie, and I'd be like, nah, I'm all right. For some reason, I'm all right. Quite often, like, drops like a, like a, a bullet. Like, it, it just does not land at all. So when I say all right, and people will assume that's a positive thing, or they'll just look confused or ask the question again or something like that. There's, there's very strange things where you, I'll say something completely normal, and people will look at me like I just vomited down myself a little bit <laughs> um yeah and that's the type of stuff that you can't learn on television you have to be out here boots on the ground you gotta get it from podcasts yeah do you, you listen uh, have you ever listened to this podcast that you're on right now yeah i did i um i listened to uh I, i'm not very good at listening to podcasts but i'm very good at trying to distract myself where I'm doing like a boring chore so I put it on and I was laughing in the kitchen to oh uh, uh, John Cara Carmonica yeah 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 and there was a bit where you said did you smash and like I lost it completely and I was like god that was the moment where I was like god I hope they asked me on this and I'm like Ten, 10 days later it happens so thanks well for me. i i uh that 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 moment has come up a lot in my text messages being like <laughs> did he really say that and i'm like yeah that he really did say did you smash regina specter he, he really did say that <laughs> thank you jason <laughs> wow i mean i guess i need to start saying dumber shit because it, it really it really hits hard I, I had, yeah, could, I had my reservations be, uh, about leaving those words from my mouth. I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. It that could be good. the next t-shirt. You could do it in a New York Times one. Yeah, that's a great idea. Did you smash? Yeah, that would be a hot seller, no question. We got to get Regina uh, on the show now. We could probably get to Re- I think we could probably get to Regina. I feel like the life has slowed down a bit for her. 
<laughs> Slow down for all of us, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, nah, fair. Good point. All right, fair enough. Uh, well, Joel, thank you for joining us. It's been a fucking pleasure, mate. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. It's been really uh, fun. Tell people where to find you and where they can cop the book and follow your writing, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah. Um, just follow me on Twitter. That's where all the best stuff happens. Uh, Joel Golby, just an incredibly normal handle. And then uh, my book came out last year. It's available in North America. Uh, it's called Brilliant, 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 Brilliant. And you can get it basically anywhere you, you buy a book, unless you buy it in like, really weird places. But mm. like, normal book places should, are you, should have are, it. Are you writing another book? Should we expect more? Um, there'll be one one day. I, I haven't started it, and I I uh, I I don't want to talk about it. But <laughs> I'm I'm working on other stuff. Like I'm working on a couple of TV things and stuff like that. But I'm always writing. Like I'm I'm writing oh. through the pandemic. So. I love the little TV flex. Thank you. Welcome to Hollywood, baby. Yeah. <laughs> See you there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Joel. I'll talk to you soon, bro. Thanks so much, bro. Right, Thank you. Later. Bye. Thanks, Joel. Bye. Bye, mate.